Hey everyone, this is Robert Jackson, and thank you for tuning in to the Station Square podcast. And um, yeah, I'm hoping everybody stays safe and they're um, getting ready for the winter or summer holidays, whichever um, time zones that people are in. Um, I'm not the best with, you know, converting this stuff. But anyways, um, um, the reason that I mentioned this is because I have a couple of guests that are from the UK and um, you might have seen their YouTube channel. They do a lot of Scooby-Doo related videos. They also do interviews and talk with various guests on their show. And um, their guest lineup is really impressive. So I just want to introduce JB and Millie. Thank you for joining me on my little show. And it's such a pleasure to have the both of you on. And yeah, we're going to have lots of fun. So would you like to say hi to the folks out there? Yeah, hello. Hi, Thanks so much for having us. It's a pleasure. Of course, of yeah. course. Um, so with that said, um, since we do have, I do have a few questions for you guys. So let's get right into the, you know, the thick and thin or the meat of the, yeah, I'm just on a roll today. So anyways, um, yeah. So my first question is, um, since you got a lot of Scooby-Doo merch in the background, um, I'm supposed that the obvious question would be, so how did you actually first, like, when did Scooby-Doo fall into place? Like, when did it start becoming such, like, play like a large part in both of your lives? What was your introduction to the franchise? I mean, we both really liked the show a lot growing up. Um, we both watched it independently. I mean, JB and I didn't meet till we're about 20 so it's something we'd both grown up with both really enjoyed and then I think it's fair to mention our friend Smash uh, their channel was very Scooby-Doo based and when we started speaking with them it kind of was the first time we'd ever had that conversation of just how much we'd both enjoyed it what like growing up and that then kind of sparked us beginning to watch it together then collecting it together and then ultimately the channel kind of came as a result of yeah yeah that's about it really it was it, it all kind of went on i guess a snowball effect after speaking to smash and from there it's just kind of gone crazy and it really all started when we made the commitment to watch every single movie for the podcast and we started that podcast because of smash's name i just thought oh smash or pass i just want to make that into a show and i guess yeah the rest is what's going on now yeah um, to commit to watching every single Scooby-Doo movie that's, um, I mean, for somebody like me, um, I also watched the original, but then I also watched a pub named Scooby-Doo and recently started watching Mystery Incorporated, which is really good. Um, so for the franchise itself, it's just kind of something that's been, um, uh, around since like, wow, man, since 60s. So like pretty much for almost like half a century, um, it, I think it's kind of like, it stands true. It's a testament for how, like, insanely, like, um, even though, like, Hanna-Barbera, like, the creep, and, like, you know, Spears and Ruby Spears, even though the original creators are no longer with us, like, um, Scooby-Doo as a franchise and as a brand is going to continue to live on, especially after all this time. Um, and that's the same with, like, a lot of other long-running franchises and shows and whatnot. So, um, so you said that you got started like you i think you mentioned that you two didn't meet until like the 20s if i'm not mistaken correct yeah yeah, yeah I think so that about five yeah. years ago now okay yeah. so how would you say that your relationship 
um, definitely helped with um, the growing popularity of the channel and, you know, your guys' chemistry just Because I know that you guys have great chemistry together, so how would you say that it also helped with um, getting the channel off the ground and, you know, starting your YouTube hobby or career somewhat? That's actually a really fun question because it actually just started as the JB channel Yeah. and it didn't really do anything. I just did a few awful gaming videos where I often did feature Millie, but then when we started with Animal Crossing gameplay and we decided to have an island together, it was kind of like, right, let's integrate this more. And then it became JB and Millie. And from there, I think, It all kind of flowed. It does, and it kind of helps, like you say, that we do know each other so well, because, you know, for all when we have interviews, we have, like, pre-planned questions and things like that. The guest answers can change those questions. And just through kind of little hand signals underneath the screen, we know what the other one means just by a simple hand movement. And we can kind of tap into each other's mind a little bit. But I think it also kind of helps that, because we know each other so well on some of the like opinionated videos, we're not kind of as shy at kind of calling each other out a little bit when we disagree. Yeah, some of them are just arguments, <laughs> but for arguments and fun. yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, you're having fun, <laughs> but it's fun arguments. yeah. <laughs> Whenever we seem like we're <laughs> disagreeing a lot, we're actually having a great time. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can totally relate with that. <laughs> uh, so for the channel itself, um, because I know that you, I think technically... Um, For the channel, because you guys have been together for five years, but when did the channel begin? Oh gosh, well it's, it's, it's something's birthday in terms of opening the account actually today, It's but it its didn't start thirtieth, until I'm gonna say. May, was it, is it May 2020 or do you think 2019? No, it would. Okay, so yeah, like you said, the opening the account would have had its second anniversary. Perhaps just now? No. Oh my goodness, you confused me now, No, JB. it's So, just an anniversary of the account. I don't think I posted for a while, so it could be like the sixth anniversary of the account opening today for all I know. I think we've been doing the channel for about two years. It basically started as a result of lockdown. We were just kind of stuck in the house at home and needed something to do that was kind of constructive with our time that meant that we weren't just going to like sit in our pajamas all day and not do very much. So... We started to work to a schedule of wanting to do three videos a day throughout lockdown and kind of hold ourselves a little bit accountable to something so that like a hundred days just weren't slipping by and we had nothing to show for it. Right, right. Um, because it's very interesting with how a lot of people literally just got their start um, right when the pandemic was like at its peak. And I actually did another interview with the Ultra Hope Girls, um, which is a Dink and Rampa related podcast. Um, and they literally started like right when the lockdown happened. And um, they also have interviewed like a lot of Um, video game actors, composers, and um, which is kind of similar to what you guys do. Um, it's mostly Scooby-Doo related on your end. So um, I usually like to do stuff that is like, I usually have like themes. I occasionally may do like Sonic the Hedgehog month. I may do something related to that, which I did a few years ago, which was a lot of fun. Um, but most of all, it's just kind of like what I do is kind of like,
it's a chill podcast where I just pretty much discuss and talk about just anything that comes to mind. So, and with your format, it seems like that you guys kind of do like a similar sort of format for your show where you talk to people and you ask them like um, specific questions that are related to like, if it's either the movies, video games, the cartoons, um, which is something that I really enjoy. And um, so I wanted to ask, how much prep time does it take for uh, you two before you actually schedule these videos and do these interviews? So I'm going to have to give a lot of credit to JV here. So I kind of work about 10 hours to 10 to 12 hours a day at work. So I don't get time for much else. So JV reaches out to people, sets up the interviews. You've got a process of preparing questions. And I, from my perspective, I'm really lucky. I kind of just swan in at the last minute, like come through the dog when I get home from work. And JV sent me, you know, some questions on an email all I need to do is kind of sit down and prepare and like record. So for me, it's kind of five minutes preparation, whereas JV is the one that kind of has gone through the process of locating the guests and all the kind of build up to that with scheduling and the questions and everything. Well, I'm an awful procrastinator. So <laughs> ideally, I would get a set of questions banged out in maybe a couple of hours. But there's so well, there's actually one set of questions for an upcoming interview that I've been sitting on for like four or five days just because I don't want to mess it up. Like there's been occasions where I've not written the best questions and then regretted it later. So there's always it, it could take a day. Like we reached out to someone four months ago and I wrote the questions within 20 minutes and then they got busy and I haven't, you know done it like we've heard nothing but but there's also been occasions where a guest has been available within a day and i've left it up to the 11th hour to to do the question so it depends really but i'd say on average from hearing back from them a couple of days i mean, like you said we did have one guest that said i can give you 20 minutes notice so you're ready to record kind of thing and we're like oh, okay we're gonna have to like be on the spot and ready with this and you know i forgot how i did that <laughs> i don't remember either that was i think ronnie show that was yeah. a great interview though but yeah i don't remember how we did that that's crazy right right so who are some of your favorite i mean just the videos that you hold very fondly what were some of your like um the not necessarily i'm guess I might as well say the best or like some of your personal favorite like videos or interviews that you've done so far oh I mean I always have a diplomatic answer but <laughs> I just pull out of somewhere saying oh my favorite's always the most recent one because then you look forward to the next one but there's definitely favorite moments in interviews like some that sticks out to my mind is showing the lunar ghost actor the lunar ghost action figure is absolutely amazing being shown the deleted Scooby-Doo 2 monsters from Peter Crosman. There's and even a recent one that we did. Joe Sichter showed us yeah, the original concepts for the Loch Ness Monster movie. Stuff like that, like where the unexpected happens is always incredible. And it's happened time and time again. And to that end, you always get excited. Like I thought after interview three that we'd almost have peaked with our first couple of guests. But then you get us in interview 55 and there's like deleted footage being shown to us. And it's like, oh, my gosh, this could just 
go on forever. I mean, what about you, Millie? What are your I like, mean, highlights? I'm going to be watching your reaction to this, as I say, because I'm scared that I'm going to ruin an interview that's not out yet or oh, something. God. But I feel like it's really the ones where you can see that they kind of have a love for what's behind it. So like you said, Joe Sick Day, it was really interesting seeing how they came to work on projects like that. So that one really stood out to me because they created an entire book to pitch the idea of a movie and that's how they ended up working on that. There was somebody else who we did an interview with who came up with almost like a school report card for each one of the gang. And that's how they ended up getting the role. So it's just kind of, a lot of the time it's about kind of just learning those things and seeing those processes. I mean, Joe Sicta certainly stands out to me. And again, Kent Bader, just the amount we found out that was kind of deleted behind the scenes of the 2002 Scooby-Doo the movie was kind of overwhelming just to find out so much. It's always, you know, you go into some interviews and you kind of can't ever know what to expect. You quite often they can just pick something up and all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh what is that that's amazing yeah yeah so for you got since you have a ton of scooby-doo knowledge um from the movies and you know the various media that you've consumed over the years um so what have been some of your like um I may also ask, what are some of your favorites? But like, what were some of the most surprising like pieces of trivia or knowledge that you've stumbled across over the years, Scooby-Doo related? See, it's weird. I wouldn't say that I've got crazy knowledge about Scooby. I'd say that from that initial interaction, almost every interview we do is like me sitting in a class that I really want to be in. And every time I leave with more and more knowledge. And it's always the weirdest things that you learn. And I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think. One that comes to my mind isn't really appropriate. Um, okay, so one that happened recently when we interviewed George Doty um, the fifth. Did I get that right? Because I got it, it wrong in my introduction. <laughs> but interviewing George Doty, finding out that Scrappy could have had a cameo in What's New Scooby Doo, that actually shocks me a lot. Because and even the fact that they declined it because it was almost a jab at Scrappy's character. And I'm surprised Warner Brothers said no, because they've taken a lot of opportunities to jab at Scrappy. And, you know, and I won't spoil it for you if you're watching it now, but it's possibly in Mystery Incorporated. Of course, the 2002 movie made Scrappy the villain. So that was kind of surprising to learn. I think something that's always interesting to kind of learn is just the amount of people working on the movie. Like, it never... like. Even the credits at the end of the movie, like for all you may think that they're long for some movies, like even then there's people that still don't get enough acknowledgement. You know, there's like, we've spoken with people who perhaps just animated a couple of scenes and just the sheer quantity of people from all over the globe, like what a global project some of them have been as well. Again, kind of the jurisdiction one, but he actually flew out to, oh, can you remember where it was? It was somewhere... I think it was Bangladesh, possibly. Possibly. So they had to fly there from America to um, see some of the animation, then had to, uh, it was for the Loch Ness movie, so they then went to Scotland for it as well. And, like, just a tie-in of it being such a global invo like involvement, it's really interesting to kind of find out the stories behind it. Totally. Um and list of 
Do you have like any favorites? Like Scooby-Doo piece of media? Because I know I mentioned my uh, couple earlier, but I was wondering what are yours? Um, series wise, I'm gonna say what's new Mystery Incorporated are like my top two. Oh well, mine <laughs> has to be the 2002 live action movie. Um, I'm obsessed with that movie to a ridiculous amount, and in fact, I think what I've got for that movie possibly could receive some type of diagnosis. <laughs> I'm not quite sure, but that always stands out as like I could watch that every second of every day on repeat and not get bored. So that series wise. I love Mystery Incorporated, and mm. one that I want to mention, because it rarely gets mentioned in a favourable light, I see, you know, publicly, is Be Cool Scooby-Doo, because that's just funny as anything, so I like Be Cool. Yeah, um, so I wanted to ask you something that is, like, outside of Scooby-Doo, but what are some of your favourite, like, um, I know I keep asking favourites, but um, do you have, like, any other shows, or, like, games or yeah just any piece of media that you also enjoy um i mean something that became a relatively big thing for us was the marvel franchise so i had never seen that in my life before meeting jv i'd never seen one of them and jv was like you're coming to the midnight screening of was it (laughs) spider-man Yeah, it was the second, well, the second Tom holland one yeah and so after dragging me to like a few midnight screenings that's become like a big thing for us now. Like whenever there's a Marvel movie, we try and do like a midnight screening or something like that. Um, and I guess kind of games outside that, like Animal Crossing and uh, Mario and stuff like that, it's all become kind of like big side things that sometimes do kind of come into the channel and remove the Scooby element for a little bit just to kind of shake things up. Yeah, I think Scooby, for all it's such an impo- important part of the channel, it's almost we've been to so many fandoms that sometimes even outside it sometimes can get a bit drowned out like the Buffy the Vampire Slayer shrine that we've got mm. is amazing that's such an incredible show we do collect far too many things so we do we've yeah. got kind of as um in our kind of main living room there's like three bookcases and we've got uh like a shelf all the way across the three that's Buffy then we've got a shelf all the way across the three that's like Marvel Funko Pops and then shelf across that's um Animal Crossing another one that's Harry Potter like we we collect a lot of things (laughs) underneath this Scooby shelf it's full of Stephen King books yeah JB collects like first edition Stephen King books there's a lot (laughs) there's too much actually we should we should get rid of one (laughs) No, 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 no. I'd say that, like, um, anything, um, as you can see behind me, I collect posters. I have, like, books um, that you can't really see. Um, and I just, I like to collect stuff. And and if you're somebody who likes to collect numerous things, um, I know that when you did the interview with Bob Bergen, um, he had, like, an entire wall of oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, celebrity and, like, autographs and stuff like that. So it's like, um, you know, um, it just kind of shows that um, you're really passionate and you're everybody just has, everybody's kind of like a nerd. They just like various stuff and they, they're just not, they're just not afraid to show that, yep, they're geeks and, you know, nerds and they're cool. Like most of us, we're, we're humans. Yeah, yeah. I used to be a bit reserved. 
Like, I don't know why. I don't know if I thought that coming across as more boring was going to make me, like, more, like, cool. But now I'll just go out, walk around town with a Scooby hoodie on, and you just kind of rock it. It's it's fun. I mean, I want to say we've technically cut out Pokemon cards, because that was a thing for ages. There's, like, videos of us opening loads of them. And that was probably the most expensive hobby we've ever been into. I'm going to say for us, kind of that, it, like, appreciating and embracing your inner self kind of really inner child after, yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. really happened more after kind of starting the channel because i think until then like before we started doing the channel we were both in law school together and so we were like very typical law school reserved Nerds. never had like i don't know like just really plain clothes never had like a scooby emblem on it or like harry potter or sonic or anything like that very just kind of plain reserved and not kind of showing any inner child like behaviors or interests or anything like that and then starting the channel we just kind of developed yeah and became like a lot more comfortable a lot more kind of outgoing about what we enjoy and that kind of thing oh yeah um so i know this this is kind of like a question that I kind of ask from time to time, but did you honestly expect your channel to take off the way it did and getting all talking to all these people and just, yeah. And, you know, learning from them over the years, the way that it has from like these last two years that you mentioned. See, in its time, the channels transitioned so much because when we first started, we were yeah, the transitioning. Of, yeah. Yeah. It just started off doing like animal crossing and Mario. It was very like Nintendo stuff. And then, that was kind of fun and it was doing okay but it was never like I don't know I feel like the kind of hype that we get when we do an interview like there is a certain amount of excitement that forms when you do an interview and like when we've done them we like like whoever's you know a guest like you know the guests on it that help ask the questions with us we just can sit and talk for so long because it builds up such a hype and such an you know level of excitement speaking with people that we certainly never got in the earlier days of the channel when it yeah. was like you know just perhaps you know playing Nintendo for a little bit it was still fun but kind of the level that it's now gone to and we certainly you know when we were sat doing Nintendo videos didn't think that we'd be speaking with the person that edited our favorite ever Scooby movie yeah, or that's, something like that that's the thing I mean people say you know taking off and and what and it depends on the definition of that because if you think about it in terms of subscriber counts really we've not gone much of anywhere within the last year or so because i think the decision was made quite early on with the interviews to sacrifice subscriber count for experiences so we rarely celebrate follower milestones or subscriber milestones but we'll always celebrate getting to 50 interviews i've hopefully fingers crossed got something planned for 75 interviews because for all that number of subscribers hasn't crept up when it gets to 100 inter interviews, I know that that's going to be one of the biggest days in the whole channel's life. And also, getting featured on stuff like Screen Rant and Total Film, The Cartoon Brew, ComicBook.com. It's like... Wasn't there like, like you, there was one day when I was at work and JB sent me an email just saying, because uh, one of the Scooby-Doo movies had been cancelled... Um, at the same time as was it Batgirl, JB? Yeah, Holiday Home. And so, uh, JB sent me an email like, we've just had an email from the like representative of like 
different newspapers that are really big in the UK, like the Daily Daily Mail and stuff like that. They want to know if they can use the the interview because it's the first time this person's spoken about the movie. And we're like, oh my gosh, this just happened. So like subscriber-wise, like you say, it's never been a big thing, but there's been stuff that happens and it's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, like when I I sat up, if you can pass me that actually, the tripod, because this is how we used to do gameplay literally just this with our phone aimed at the tv when i was setting up that tripod not even with a capture card or anything never once did i think one day this is going to lead to being you know on a page in the daily mirror or the daily express like i remember it's crazy to think about when that. we had 10 subscribers we'd gone for a walk we were talking about it and we we're trying to work out like if this family meant we'd like there was someone that we didn't know that had subscribed to the channel kind of thing like I remember the first person kind of subscribing that wasn't like a friend or a family member or something like that and it's just kind of insane to think that I think we're now at like 2,000 in terms of subscribers. I suspect people thought we were gonna do well though because obviously not mentioning any names but we were not so politely asked to stop doing the interviews quite early on. So I think people knew that we were going to do something and maybe they were a bit... Because I think a lot of the attitude was like these people are just fresh into this thing and they're already kind of going gung-ho with it. So I don't know. I think people knew, but I didn't know until relatively recently. Yeah, totally. Um, and well, it definitely paid off because look at, look at the both of you now. (laughs) Shows down. Yeah, I mean, honestly, perhaps if it wasn't for that, we would have just been happy because my goal this year, and you can find the tweet and I put it on YouTube as well, is at least one interview every month. That was my goal. And now it's one a week consistently. And it's just, it's actually incredible. And I love every single one of the interviews. There's not been one that I've walked away from thinking that I hated it. So, yeah. Right. Um, so how do, so how would you also say that being on YouTube and using social media also boosted the channels? Um, I guess it really gave it such a huge uptick of followers, um, you know, recognition, and it really just helped gain the you know with everything that you're doing how much would you feel how would you say the social media helped um you know um gain momentum as you went along i think social media is important to the to the part that we met other people that way so i think a lot of people because i think like you know ultimately a lot everybody spends a lot of time on social media and there's certain things that trend or come up or people search for and that often can be what causes the link between our first conversation that then can transition over to youtube and likewise um you know smash who we ended up doing i want to say about 100 videos with they started as somebody that commented on our youtube and then they transitioned across to social media from there so the two have really kind of worked side by side for us we've had a lot of interactions through instagram that have then led to people on the channel and likewise you know like one of the best friends that we made through doing the channel and you know some other people as well you know incredible people that we've met um originated from both sides and there's just been crossovers between the two 
Yeah, and sometimes interview people, I'll email like the like the professional side of things, like the representative or you know the agent, and I'll hear nothing back. And that was the case with I think Tom Ruger. So I went through like what I found on IMDb Pro, and they didn't hear anything. And then it eventually I was just like, oh gosh, I'm nervous to do this because I don't want to be unprofessional. But I just dropped a message on Facebook, and it was like, oh, okay, cool, it worked this time. So. I guess social media is not a bad way of connecting with potential guests as well. Yeah, like that's how a lot of our interviews have originated through, say, Facebook or Instagram. And like, I want to say when we interviewed Marty Grabstein, that originated Facebook. through Facebook or Instagram or something. One of them. That was kind of at the time when that when that interview came out, my brother called my mum and was like, you need to see who they've just interviewed. This one's like really famous because it was like the voice of courage the cowardly dog and that kind of thing and so even my brother like literally just called my mom to just say oh wow this is amazing and that was just you know social media has a great way of connecting anybody and so we sent him a message on social media and then that's how that just kind of transpired was that he he just basically said okay let's set something up here's my phone number call me now and JB threw the phone at me and was like, you're calling them, speak to them, go. And this was on like Christmas Eve or something yeah. at my parents' house. And then there was another situation where I accidentally called someone that we were meant to be calling on WhatsApp. Oh, gosh, yeah. That was Miguel. And I do, I just handed you the phone. And before I even had a chance to explain anything, I just heard his voice going, hello, who is this? Like... And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. That was an accident. Yeah, oh, so on, like, whenever a guest has, like, just been like, here's my phone number, can we, like, set something up, call me? Like I said, there was, like Jimmy said, there was one occasion where he just pressed call on his WhatsApp and threw the phone at me, just like, oh, I'm not doing this. But there have been I get guests. Thrown into it. This is where you, you obviously gave me a lot of credit for scheduling the interviews, right? But if there's one thing I cannot do confidently and competently <laughs> is get on the phone and almost cold call someone. So I want to say... Marty Grabstein, Bill Bowes, Miguel A. Nunez Jr. Those three interviews wouldn't have happened without you because I would not have called them. I would have been too scared. <laughs> so credit to you. I mean, it's good to know. Thank you for admitting that, like, I mean, we sometimes still get nervous whenever we talk to, like, big, like, very, like, famous um guests or celebrities it's good to know that you kind of still get nervous before you talk to like oh my gosh i'm talking to this person what is this is this even a reality you know <laughs> it's kind oh, of really yeah. interesting yeah for me that's reminding me of the two the two <clears throat> interviews we've done um that were people that had like live action played in movies um both daphne and shaggy and when we went into those two interviews it was it's almost like there was just something about those two people where it was kind of like different level jb you know, i thought it was i it, <laughs> we did nick pilatus episode 50 and i wasn't nervous at all on the build-up because it was just business as usual for lack of a better word because it was interviews day in day out week in week out and then he entered the zoom and i was stunned to the point where i just didn't say anything until it was time for me to ask my question so I was completely blown away by that. But also, I think a different format is always nervous. Like, for example, I think in myself, I felt more nervous even to come on here than I have done for the last 15 interviews. So it's it's about like variety as well. Like, we've never done 
a Zoom like this where we've not been the one like, okay, we're scheduling this, I've written this, let's see what happens. Yeah, so. it's like the first time we're the ones answering the questions and JV turned to me about half an hour ago and went, I'm actually quite nervous for yeah, this, you know? Yeah. I was like, oh, I understand. Totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, because usually I would be the ones to ask the questions, but I was recently on like two podcasts where I was actually the guest and I had to answer questions that people have for me so it's like i understand the feeling of like oh my gosh i'm actually doing this whoa uh the kind of is kind of like um seeing what's on the other side of the glass pretty much uh role reversal yeah <laughs> yeah it's made um, me feel a lot more grateful actually to the people that we've had on because i was nervous to do this but just thinking about the yeah. fact that the amount of people that have been willing to be with us is just crazy. Yeah, it is. It kind of like really makes you appreciate the people that get interviewed by you because it's kind of like, oh, wow, so they do this. Like they enter a Zoom, like knowing that there's going to be questions thrown at them and they might not know what they are because they've not looked over the questions that we sent or something like that. It's kind of like it really makes you appreciate, you know, the people that have given us the time before and everything. Oh, totally. So I actually didn't know this is like the first time you're actually like on someone else's podcast, which is very interesting to know. Um, yeah, we did glad to be of service. Co-things. Not like this at all, though. It was like almost a debate rather than an interview. So this is definitely our first. Interview. Nice. So it was yeah. Great. Cool. Um, so let's see. Since we are running out of time, do you have like... Um, Anything that you like to share? Any upcoming videos or projects that you're working on that you like to plug for a bit? Um, well, I guess this is going to be announced. I mean, depending on when you put this out, this could have already happened. But this is going to be announced later today. We've got an interview coming out with the writer Jeff Holder, who wrote the episode of The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Oh, gosh, I don't even know. It's When You Witch Upon a Star. That was the episode. So... It's kind of the last one that we're really dedicating to finish off spooky season for all. It's kind of been and gone. Still to keep things on that darker tone is interesting. Other than that, I guess just the Instagram at jmillyvids, the YouTube channel jbnmilly. We're trying to do like more and more content. Like We've started recently doing top 10 lists, for example. And that's actually really interesting. I think I'm enjoying doing them more than the reviews because we've, we've transitioned from reviewing all of the movies to all of the episodes of the show and <laughs> it's it's become quite a process yeah <laughs> it's yeah it is and i think just having those debate style videos which we're starting to do more of it's kind of good for jv me because like like we we're saying at the start when we come across as disagreeing we're actually having a great time and arguing over what our you know favorite movies are and favorite moments are is certainly something we're having a lot of fun with so real quick, any fun facts or anything that not a lot of people know about you two? Oh, JV. Me. <laughs> fun facts. Gosh, I don't I mean, there's a lot of unexpected things that I because I had a very different lifestyle before university. I used to be an amazing wakeboarder and now not so much. I'll get back there though. What else? What else? What else? You're related to Brian Blessed, aren't you? That's a fun fact about yeah, you. Yeah, that's a fun fact. Um, I guess, like we were saying earlier, just kind of 
the us before the channel like law school graduates and stuff like that we just like us away from the channel is such a stark contrast like we're genuinely two very shy people like I sit at my desk at work all day and don't say a word to anybody like we are so quiet that you kind of wouldn't believe and like because we don't really cross our lives over either so JB's family certainly doesn't know about the channel really my family don't really get too involved in it either the people that we work with and stuff like that like none of them know that this is the kind of people that we are outside of work because quite frankly they wouldn't believe it we are just so quiet and kind of avoid conversations that like when we're in front of a microphone it's an entirely different kind of person mm -hmm. right so would you like to plug in your social media youtube channel and other places where people I'm can reach out to you and follow you at and this is over to jb yeah, for sure. so youtube jb and millie we aim for three videos a day with reviews supposedly on mondays wednesdays and fridays <laughs> interviews on saturdays and Instagram, we're again aiming for daily uploads of Scooby-Doo collectibles that we've collected over the years. And TikTok's dead, but I think that's Jamie Lee vid as well. What we else try. do we have? We've got Twitter, but Twitter's my place to, like, essentially to be a bit... It's like Instagram, but unfiltered. I would like to say that any comments seen no, on well, the yeah, Twitter yeah. is Jamie. Well, that's it. That's just it. <laughs> I'm always yeah. I'm a bit scrappy on Twitter, so maybe you stay away from Twitter. Um, yeah. What else? Everything, Facebook, everything. Yeah. Any last word? Really on everything. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time as well. Like it's been amazing to speak with you. And also, I guess to anyone watching this, if you're new from our channel or if you've seen us promote this, please do subscribe to this channel because honestly, be like because we do pretty much what you do. And I know the work that goes into setting up guests, asking the questions, speaking with them, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. And it really isn't an easy task at all. It takes a lot of guts to do it and commitment to stick with it. So if you are watching this, please do subscribe to this channel because genuinely it's tough. And I've got the advantage where I like to collaborate with people. So if I write 20 questions, maybe I'm asking three, four, five of them at most. Whereas you, you ask the questions, all the questions you ask, and I could not imagine doing that. So huge respect to what you're doing over here, because it's, I couldn't imagine doing it like that, because it's just incredible. Of course. And with that, this has been this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for watching. And yeah, see you all next time. And until then, this is Robert Jackson signing out. Peace. Bye.